Today's edition of Doing Business with the Star Maker is brought to you by Mixstar Audio. Mixstar Audio is your one-stop shop for birthday parties, festivals, anniversaries, weddings, shows, concerts, conferences, pretty much any and all events that you would want to throw. With the latest technology and over 10 years of experience, Mixstar Audio is well-equipped to make your next event a huge success. Mixstar Audio, mixstaraudio.com, where we encourage you to be your own star. All right, ladies and gentlemen, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, whatever time you're tuned into us here. I appreciate you stopping by. Y'all go on and pull up a chair, and let's do business. Now, today we're going to do a, uh, a mailbag episode, okay? Uh, we get a lot of mail from all over the country. By the way, we've now officially crossed over 20,000 downloads. <laughs> Go us. Um, I don't have my soundboard with me today, so there will be no intro, no sound effects. Sorry, y'all. <laughs> but we finally crossed over 20,000 downloads. We're now being listened to in 15 states and in four countries. So I'm really, really proud of that. Thank you guys so much for all of your support. Today I'm just going to read a couple of emails that, you know, I always tell you guys to reach out to me if you have any questions or concerns. Today we're just going to go over a couple of people's concerns, a couple of people's questions. All right, we're going to keep it simple. We're going to keep it light today. All right, up first we have Nicole from Richmond, Virginia. Nicole says, hello, Mr. Starmaker. <laughs> Mr. Starmaker. I've listened to all your shows, and I love the tips you give and how you make everything really easy to understand. I'm thinking about starting a business, but I don't know what kind of business to start. I'm really tired of my job and the people I work with. <laughs> While I'm still in the planning process, in your opinion, how do I decide on what kind of business to start? And what's the most important skill that I should learn? Alright, so first off, Nicole, hello. How are you? And thank you for writing in. Alright, I appreciate you listening, and I would ask that you go ahead and like and share our program. Now, you've asked two questions here. First, what kind of business should you start? Uh, Nicole, I really don't think that's for me to say. Alright, that's up for you to decide. Alright, I might ask, what do you enjoy? All right, what do you like doing? What are you good at? Is there something that you do well effortlessly? What is it that you really excel at without really trying too hard? What are you good at? Or I've, I've recently heard this question asked, and I would ask you the same thing. If every job in the world paid the same amount, what would you do? So let's say every job pays 15 bucks an hour. What would you do then? I would, I would encourage you to align your answers with these questions, and you'll know which direction you want to go. Now, your second question, what's the most important skill you should learn? I'm going to have a really biased opinion on this one. <laughs> Nicole, the one skill you need to learn is sales. All right, you need to learn how to sell. Sales is king. Sales is the one thing that will keep your business afloat. Even if you're terrible at everything else, you can be downright bad at everything else. But good sales will keep you afloat. 
all right you can have bad marketing you can have bad operations you can even have bad customer service you cannot have bad sales you can't bad sales will take you out of the game faster than anything else all right um more sales typically will equal more cash on hand and that's the other thing we want to understand here all right, there are very few problems that you'll have as an entrepreneur that can't be solved by having more cash on hand. Very few. All right, we off to a good start here. Michael from Cherry Hill, New Jersey writes, How's it going, Steve? I've been a freelance photographer for about six years now. I have a great list of clients with a lot of repeat business. At what point should I quit my current job and pursue my photography full time? Mike, thanks for your question. Uh, to be honest with you, my reflexive answer is <laughs> when you have six months of your current income saved in an emergency fund and another three to six months saved in, 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 saved in a, a, a separate account. However, I mean, who says you have to quit your job, bro? Who said that? Who made that rule? All right. If your current situation is working for you, then keep going with it. There's no law that says you have to be full-time in your business or that you have to quit your job just because you have something good on the side. All right, don't let LLC Twitter get you caught up out here. All right, don't let LLC Twitter have you thinking that uh, entrepreneurship is the only way, okay? Now, in my opinion, entrepreneurship is the best way, but it's not the only way. And nobody's going to help you pay your bills if you quit your job and your business flops. All right, do you have any children? Or anybody else, depending on your income? Wife, husband, dog? You got a pension? 401k? If you have a 401k, do they match? At what percentage? All right. Of the combined incomes of your job and your photography, if you subtracted your job income, could you and your family live off what's left? How many clients would you have? Uh, how many clients would you have capacity for once you quit your job? How much more income would that generate? I mean, I'm not trying to influence you either way, Mike. Thanks again for writing in, but you need to think about where you are now and where you want to be in the future. You need to make the right decision for yourself, bro. That was a good question, though. I appreciate it. Davida from Houston, Texas says, Hi Steve, I'm just getting started with an all-natural skincare brand. I'm only 25 and I've never owned or run a business before. I've never even been a manager at any of my jobs before. What are the biggest mistakes you've seen younger entrepreneurs make when starting out? Wow. That's a loaded question. Let me turn this microphone down because I might get a little excited while I'm answering this one. Uh, of the biggest mistakes that I see younger entrepreneurs make, the first one is expecting success too fast. All right. It does not happen overnight. You got to put the work in and you have to be patient. You have to. You must commit to getting better every day. Every day. All right. If now you're saying you have a product based business, you have a skincare brand. How many batches of your product did you make today? 
How many times have you refined your ingredients? How many times have you double and triple checked that recipe to make sure it's the best that it can possibly be? How many times have you practiced your sales pitch? How many salons, barbershops, uh, estheticians, massage therapists, how many of those did you talk to today? How many hours did you spend prospecting this week? All right, you've got to get up and get after it, but it takes time. And you guys have heard me say this before. It's going to take you five to seven to ten years to become excellent at something. Are you willing to put that time in? Uh, another mistake that I see younger entrepreneurs make all the time, too much reliance on the Internet. I've seen a whole slew of younger entrepreneurs only rely on social media. That does not work. Stop doing that. All right. Real business is done over the phone and in person and sometimes via email. Real business is not done in the DMs. Real business is not done in the DMs. Real business is done over the phone, in person, and occasionally via email. You must pick up the phone, okay? At some point in your entrepreneurial journey, you are going to have to pick up the phone and make cold calls or some version of cold calls. All right? You must do it. You got to get good on the phone. On the phone, all right. You 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 have to get out of the house. You gotta go and meet people. You gotta go and demo your product. All right. There's only so long that you'll be able to milk your friends and family for sales and referrals. At some point, you gotta leave the nest. All right. I was just sharing with another one of my clients just this morning. One of my old uh, notebooks where I was tracking my cold calls. All right. There's a day in there where I made 84 calls. I got three closes. There's another day where I had seven closes. I made 99 calls. All right, statistically speaking, you might have to reach out to 100 people just to get three sales. You might have to reach out to 100 people to get three new customers. Are you willing to do that? Are you willing to be told no 97 times? Most people are not. Most people really are not built for this. All right. And you got a lot of people who say they are. Oh, yeah, I can handle it. That's no problem. And when they get to that 11th or 12th, no, oh, this is not for me. Oh, I decided I'm going to do something else. Uh, you know what? Or, you know, in your business, you might say, you know what? I'm going to stop these cold calls. I'm going to stop this prospecting. I'm going to just do a pop up every weekend. All right. And that's bullshit, man. Stop hiding behind the Internet. Stop hiding. All right. This is the part, the prospecting piece is the part that all the younger entrepreneurs always want to skip. This is the part that we all want to skip over. This is the part that we don't do. All right, when you're visualizing the end result, you're visualizing yourself owning that big glass building with the corner office. Visual, you got to visualize yourself doing the work too. All right, you got to visualize yourself making 100, 150 calls a day. All right, you might have to take a Saturday or a Friday and lock yourself in a room and just make calls. And commit to yourself, hey, I'm not leaving this room until I've got X amount of calls made. If you're out and about prospecting, you might have to commit to yourself. I'm not going back home until I have 10 phone numbers, 10 names and phone numbers. 
Another mistake that I see the younger entrepreneurs make is following the wrong people. Now, I understand that there's no shortage of internet gurus out here. Alright, um, and pardon my language again, but most of them are full of shit. And they're only interested in selling you their mentorship program or their product or their course. Alright, ask yourself, when you're listening to these people, are they actually showing me their journey? Or are they only showing me the end result? Are they actually making money in the business that they're coaching in? Or does most of their income come off internet appearances, selling courses, etc., etc.? All right. Ask about their results. Ask if you can speak to their clients. All right. It's about measurable, tangible results. Measurable, tangible results. So we don't listen to people who say corny stuff like, oh, I'll help you manifest, blah, 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 blah. I help uplift people and raise their self-esteem and believe in themselves. What is that? All right, we can't measure that. We have no way to quantify that. Now, me, like, I will tell you proudly and confidently that if you are a client of mine, I guarantee you, I guarantee you, that I can help you increase your revenue by a minimum of 25% in 12 months or less. I guarantee it. If you follow me, I assure you, I can increase your revenue by at least 25% in 12 months or less. Now you see the difference there? I'm giving you a result that we can measure and that we can quantify. Uh, lastly, I would encourage the young people to learn how to recognize a great opportunity when there isn't any money attached to it all right on episode seven you guys heard mr ryan silhan appear on the program all right now he's hosting a golf event or an event on the 24th of june which i i'm more than happy i'm more than proud to say i'm a sponsor of i'm one of the sponsors for the event i make no money by being a sponsor for that event however the value for me is getting my business name and my website listed on the event page with all the other brands that are also sponsors for the event. It gets to stay there for an entire year. What would I have paid for that type of exposure and that type of advertising? Robert from McHenry, Illinois says... Robert from McHenry, Illinois says, I'm not getting a lot of I'm not getting a lot of support from my friends and family. My wife in particular has been really negative when it comes to me striking out on my own as an entrepreneur. I've been talking to her about this for three years now. Is there anything I can do to get her to see what I see? Robert, unfortunately, the short answer to this question is no. All right, entrepreneurship sometimes is going to be lonely, brother. All right, this is not the path for you if you can't handle the occasional naysayer or if social connections are really, really important to you. Most people simply won't understand. All right, most of your support is going to come from people who you don't know right now. Now, with all that being said, you mentioned that you've been talking to your wife about this for three years. Sir, talking? For three years? Uh, respectfully, when, when are you actually going to do something? 
right? Bro, this is why your wife don't believe in you. It's been three years and you're still talking instead of going out and producing results. Stop talking. Stop thinking about it and get out there and do it. Get something done, bro. All right. A lot of people suffer from this where, you know, uh, they turn getting ready into a process. We cannot do that. The longer it takes you to get ready, the less likely you are to pull the trigger here. All right. Now, you didn't mention what type of business it is you wanted to start. But in this particular case, it doesn't really matter. My answer, my advice would have been the same. Robert, just just go out there and get one positive result. Go get one client. Go make one sale. Bring your wife some results and stop talking about it. All right. You got to show her. Don't tell her. Rachel from Seattle, Washington writes, Hi, Steve. I've looked into your background in your business, and I understand you have some experience in the real estate space. I'm preparing to purchase an investment property. It's going to be my first one. I'm looking for a multifamily property that I can rent out. What are some things that I should consider? Man. Loaded question. Another one. Uh, Rachel, thanks for listening, and thank you for your question. Oh, by the way, Rachel's from Seattle, y'all. Rachel's from Seattle, Washington. Uh, SeaTac is actually my second favorite airport. All right. Only behind uh, O'Hare in Chicago. But this is a good question I'm glad you asked. I'm going to try to give you a short answer here. The first question is, can you afford the mortgage without the rental income? Now, I understand that there are certain types of mortgage loans, FHA loans, for example, where you can use the rental income to help you qualify. But can you actually afford the mortgage without the rental income? All right, you saw what just happened last year and the year before with these eviction moratoriums. You had a lot of landlords out here who were just stuck holding the bag while their tenants weren't paying rent. A whole lot of them had to give up their properties or go into debt themselves. Don't let that be you. Uh, my second question for you would be, what's your long-term strategy? Or actually, I would say your second question for yourself should be, what's your long-term strategy? All right. Are you going to be doing short-term rentals like Airbnb? Do you want to do long-term rentals and actually be a landlord? When are you going to buy your second property? And how will acquiring this first property set you up to get the second one? What's your plan? After that, I would say it's crucial that you know what questions to ask when you're shopping for your mortgage. All right. Most people only ask about rate and rate is important. But remember, you also need to ask about fees, all right? In addition to your down payment and closing costs, what are the other fees that are going to be charged up front? All right, you need to ask if they're going to let you buy the rate down. All right, will they allow you to buy down the rate? And if so, what will that look like for you? Are you doing a fixed rate mortgage or an, or an arm? Pardon me, an, an adjustable rate mortgage. Which one? Which one do you want to do? Now, this is a big one. Now, I know a lot of you guys have heard that adjustable rate mortgages are evil and this is what caused what happened in 2008. That's a lie. All right. Greed and lack of oversight is what caused what happened in 2008. And this just comes back to your strategy. What does your credit look like? All right. Adjustable rate mortgages a lot of times start off with lower interest rates than a fixed rate mortgage. So if you're in a position to get an adjustable rate mortgage with a lower rate, 
than you would get on a fixed rate mortgage. You could do that. And then two years later or before or, you know, before that uh, that first adjustment kicks in, you could refi out of the adjustable rate mortgage and get yourself into a better fixed rate mortgage, provided you've been responsible and your credit score is going up. All right. Now, that one's a little a tiny bit risky, but, you know, it's a strategy that's worked for many people. Now, I realize for a lot of people, you know, I, I might be speaking Greek right now, and I'm going to go in detail on some of this stuff on uh, on the July 15th program. The July 15th program, next month we're going to do a real estate investment program, okay? Make sure you guys all tune in and bring your friends. Uh, we've been right around 20 minutes here, so I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up. All right, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Please follow us and leave a five-star review when you get a moment. Once again, shout out to Mixstar Audio and my brother, Mr. Denzel Merritt. Um, I appreciate you all tuning in. Uh, we'll be back on July 1st to do business once again. Y'all be blessed and have a great day.